Did you know that people age 70 or older are more likely to crash than any other age group besides those who are 25 years of age or younger? Research indicates that the age at which people typically stop driving varies widely due to a number of factors, such as health, mobility, and access to alternative transportation options. Some can drive competently well into their 80s and beyond, but others may face difficulties in their 60s or younger. Most, however, drive seven to 10 years longer than they should. Having the conversation with an older adult about when it might be time to stop driving can be challenging, but it's crucial for their safety and safety of others. Hello everyone, I'm Cheryl Musial and welcome to My Care Advisors. In this episode, Healthy Aging, when is the time to hang up the keys? We are joined by Jonathan Clark. He's a senior care consultant and the owner of Care Patrol, Durham Chapel Hill, Greensboro, Burlington. Well, welcome Jonathan. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Cheryl. Good to be here. You know, Jonathan, I was wondering in your experience, what are a few of the warning signs that it may be time for an individual to stop driving, especially for an older adult? Oftentimes, you see the signs and sometimes we ignore them, but I think the main thing is is when the short-term memory starts to leave, uh, becoming a little forgetful. Uh, I know personally with my own father, there were minor car accidents that was never his fault. Oftentimes it would happen when he was backing in, you know, maybe the parking lot of a grocery store or, you know, at his doctor's appointment and there would be little fender benders, but, you know, he would get very upset. And I, I just found that there, that pattern continues, right? Uh, even simple things like complaining about all the cars on the road, right? And there is anxiety building up, right? Uh, I noticed then that it may be time to start having a discussion about having someone else drive for me. Yeah, so Jonathan, those are some really helpful signs, especially what you highlighted with your own dad. And I was wondering, diving a little more deeper into the topic, what are some of those age impacts that happen for safe driving that you've seen? You mentioned a few already. I think we all see the reflexes kind of slowing up. Peripheral vision isn't as good as it used to be. Uh, and I notice uh, with a lot of folks, nighttime driving is just a challenge with the vision. And also going to places that they're not familiar with, right? A lot of seniors are not comfortable or familiar with using GPS. So, you know, just trying to remember where they're going and that kind of thing is tough for them. It's a challenge for their cognition, you know. And so, again, just digging deep and in, deeper into it, those are some of the signs that I've seen that's really kind of gives you a telltale idea that it may be time to look at other options for your loved one uh, when they when the aging process is is progressing. I'm sure you have so many stories of yep. discussions with the clients that you serve. So. Can you share one story that maybe underscores the importance of having that conversation about driving safety? One in particular with, with a client that I dealt with recently, um, had a 91-year-old lady whom I met in the hospital. And she was at the hospital because she had been in an accident 
And um, her son and her grandson just wanted to make sure she was okay. And so when I got to the hospital, she was terribly upset that it wasn't her fault. And she could not understand why both her grandson and her son had taken her keys away, which means that's part of her independence, right? She wouldn't be able to drive again. And <laughs> it, I, I chuckled because I ended up finding a nice community for this lady to transition to. And when she sees me now, she apologizes because when I first walked into the room, she wasn't very nice to me. And, you know, she basically asked me, you know, what the heck are you doing here and what do you want and who sent you here? And so with that said, um, you know, I calmed her down, right? And 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 the, the end of the story was a great ending because, you know, she finally realized that at 91, her reflexes, her vision, um, her ability to drive safely and not be in harm's way or harm someone else, that it was time to make the move. She just was resistant and didn't want to give driving up. And so that example in itself is, is very refreshing and heartwarming to me because I was able to help her son and grandson convince her that it was time to give up the keys. But there also were some other things going on inside the home that gave them the idea that she no longer needed to live alone. So I, I like telling that story because coincidentally, uh, I will be touring the community where she is today. And I look, I'm looking forward to seeing her today at 2.30. Oh, my goodness. That is a great ending to a really interesting story. And probably one, like you mentioned, you have discussed and you know seen and heard so much you know, about it's just, it's time, right? And the family oh, recognize it. And it sounds like they didn't have the conversation with the grandma, the mom before then. Is that correct? They did, but she was very resistant. She was very determined, very independent, um, like most of us would be, right? You know, a lot of us just don't look forward to the day where we lose that independence, right? You know, be it driving, be it, you know, managing our own finances, whatever the case may be. But in this case, this lady, she was still carrying herself. She was driving herself to church. She was driving herself to pick up her medications at the pharmacy. She was driving to go have lunch and dinner with friends, right? But again, this accident was was kind of good in a way because had she not had the accident, she probably would still be out there driving. But the accident convinced her that it was time to give up that part of her independence, meaning driving. And just listen to her kid and her grandson, that grandma, you know, it's time to look at a different option. So, um, again, I'm just glad that she didn't get hurt and neither did the other person in the other vehicle get hurt. But she realizes that she needs that extra layer of help and she's getting it. Mm, yeah, so important. You know, and I was wondering, Jonathan, for our listeners who may be navigating that similar situation or they want to be prepared, can you share a couple tips to start the conversation with a parent or grandparent, older adult about driving safety? And, you know, of course, like when it may be time to hang up the keys find a different mode of transportation. What are your thoughts? Yeah. 
What I would say is that, you know, I think joining them when they have that doctor's visit, uh, a lot of our seniors are more trusting of their physicians and the clinical staff than they would be your eye or their loved ones. And I think just get the doctor to support what you're thinking, but to be able to tell the patient why it's important to really seriously consider allowing someone else to take you to your appointments, allowing someone else to go pick your meds up for you, right? And so be it the doctor, or a lot of times they know the doctor's clinical staff, there's a relationship there, there's some trust built over years. It just comes across a lot easier when the um, the medical uh, community and the doctor that she's seeing and his support staff is recommending what you've already told them. It just it's more impactful that way. Also, it, it has to be a gradual process. You can't abruptly just take someone's independence away, and so you got to give them examples or maybe friends of theirs that are no longer driving, they've come to terms that, you know, it's time to give up the keys. Um, uh, again, just making sure you have that conversation with the right parties in place. And in most cases, it's just going to take someone other than you because it just seems that if it's coming from the immediate family, um, it doesn't always come across as being supportive. You just want to take my car and take my independence away. So I found just getting the medical staff involved is an easy way to start that conversation. You raise a really great point, Jonathan, and especially getting that outside opinion. You mentioned the difficult conversations and maybe bringing in an outside source to help get that objective support and point of view. Can you share a few resources or suggested professionals that you can turn to for help to navigate these challenging discussions? You mentioned healthcare professionals. Can you d dig a little bit deeper into that? There are other folks, I think, in addition to friends and colleagues of your seniors. Um, oftentimes, they've already made that leap of faith to give up the keys. I think best practice in that sense is is probably one of the more effective ways to talk about their friends who have made the decision, especially if they're in that age group, right? That it's not safe to, for them to be driving. But you can also reach out to social workers um, that have these conversations all the time with seniors. Um, there are accountants that they trust with their money. Uh, there are folks at the bank that they know that could help you get that message across just to let them know that, you know, it's okay to have someone else drive you to come see me, you know, to talk about your money. Um, even those folks that are active in their church, right? Uh, the spiritual and, and religious leaders uh, can be impactful in helping you convince your loved one that it's time to maybe allow someone else to drive for you. Um, and, and, and again, and last but not least, I think, believe it or not, the little ones, grandkids, you know, can just, you know, you can just have them have that discussion with grandma. She loves those grandkids and wouldn't do anything to hurt them. But you, you wouldn't believe how impactful that could be. But um, 
So both professional and personal, uh, you can bring into the conversation to convince the loved one to uh, give up the keys. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a really great plan. I know you mentioned those healthcare professionals, and I'm assuming like a geriatric care manager, a physician. You know, you mentioned social workers. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, wonderful. So also like just thoughts on alternative transportation if the older adult, you know, needs to get out, has doctor appointments, you know, how what's been your experience in helping them navigate that even when they're at an assisted living community? How how does that work? Well, at an assisted living community, probably 90% of the communities that um, I tour with patients, they provide transportations to doctor's appointments. Um, most of them will either have salons inside the community or they will have a uh, beautician or a barber that will come by to do hair maybe a couple times a month. Um, uh, some of the other appointments, though, I think uh, it would be great if you have neighbors, you know, who are willing to volunteer and help and other family members, right? Because I, I think um, part of it, right, is sort of social, right? Right. Just making sure they're able to connect with someone that they know and trust to be able to give them an alternative method versus them driving themselves to get there. Some folks, especially in rural communities, they don't know a lot about the busing systems. The inner city folks may be okay with that. Um, but again, I think, you know, uh, church members uh, could be an option for them. But um, just again, making sure their safety is put first and someone that's familiar with the communities and locations that they're visiting. Uh, I just feel like that would be a good option for the person that's giving up the key. So thank you, Jonathan, for sharing all of these ideas. And you mentioned some resources. We'll be sure to have those linked um, on our website at mycareadvisors.com. And I loved what you said about just starting that conversation involving other people, even the grandchildren. And, you know, at the end of the day, it sounds like you just really underscored how important it is to start with that, you know, really the the best interest in mind is keeping them safe and so they can live the best life possible. That's correct. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, Cheryl. We have to keep in mind, first and foremost, um, you know, our seniors are, are very important to us, right, in so many ways. And, and, and one of the reasons I love this industry, because I'm still learning from them, right? There's just so, there's a wealth of information that they can share with you. And in most cases, you know, what they're doing is they're just trying to tell you don't make the mistakes that they made, right? And I just think that's very valuable information. But also, you want to allow them to have input into their own decisions in their lives. That's so important, right? Don't talk down to them, right? Let them know that there's still a lot of life left. Let's live our best life. Let's have fun. Well, let's just do it a different way than what we've done in the past 70, 80, 90 years, right? That's all we're saying. Yeah, it's so important. And, you know, as our, as the session comes to a close, any other thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners today? Yeah, I, I just like to say that being able to have someone uh, like 
care patrol representatives to kind of help the family navigate this whole process. Uh, it can be a bit overwhelming and complicated, especially if you haven't planned for that emergency situation to come up, right? You know, mom, you know, is losing her cognition. Dad has a fall or, you know, diagnosed with some type of critical ailment. Oftentimes we don't plan with that. Sometimes it happens very unexpectedly. Just want you guys to know that, you know, call your local care patrol representative, right? These people are trained and certified to help you navigate the whole process. So please um, just, you can go on the internet in most cases, put a zip code in and it will tell you who's covering your area. So I just think uh, calling that local care patrol representative is a good resource to have. And by the way, we are a free service to the family, right? As we're paid by the provider that you choose for your loved one, that's how we get compensated. So I, I, again, I just don't hesitate to reach out to your local care patrol representative. Well, thank you, Jonathan, for joining our listeners today and sharing such great information to help the ones that you love consider hanging up the keys. Yep, you're welcome, Cheryl. Great interview. Thank you, Jonathan, for sharing your insight on the signs when it may be time to hang up the keys, and most importantly, how to navigate conversations. Listeners, to view resources, show notes, and access more MyCureAdvisors episodes, visit MyCureAdvisors.com. You can also subscribe and listen to our podcast on your favorite app. I'd leave you with this thought. Make accident prevention your number one intention. Choose to be inspired to live the best life every day. Thank you for listening. We are grateful to be your guide.